Welcome to another episode of The Adventures of the Yellow Peril. And Magical Negro. Today we also have another guest, the Faceless Asian, with Hi. us. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it's been a while, because we've been busy. I finally got a job, which means I will not starve for the Yay. moment. These yeah. are things we support. And you got to hit up WizCon. I got to go to WizCon. Um, it was a good time overall. I may have made the promise that we're going back next year to do a live version of this as a panel. Too. That would be dope. Um, Although, I don't know about us doing a panel there, because, I mean, women in science fiction. Like, I could see us doing a thing maybe in the POC safe space or something. But. Well, we could do a panel there. We, what we do is invite, like, three women to be on the panel with us so that they outnumber us. It's all about, like... Okay, that makes sense, yeah. Adventures in podcasting. Exactly. Yeah. They actually had a podcasting panel this year. I, it was early in the morning, though, so I... I could have gone, but didn't. Um, okay. But the wonderful Tanya was on there, and you know I adore her. It was great to hang out with people that I don't see that often, like Tanya and Mickey and Roxy and JP and all these great people, even if I only saw them for a few seconds. Because um, I was there for a short amount of time. Yeah. Um, there were a couple instances of white people, but um, maybe my favorite quote was, I was we were on a panel called, I think it was the Misandry Reverse Racism and Other Imaginary Creatures Yeah, panel. I saw everyone tell me about that, but, but I wasn't gang enough to understand what was going on. I'm like, I've seen snippets, but what, what's happening? It's the moment where Cheshire was like, I could just live my life without you white people. She's like, I could really go through every day without seeing you or talking to you, and it wouldn't really hurt my life in any way. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, it, those panels were great because when we talked about race and everything, there were there was white people who got it definitely in the audience, and then there were white people who were made uncomfortable, and then they were made even more uncomfortable by the fact that all the POC and the white people who got it were laughing, and so they were like, I don't sort of know what to do with this, right? So that was fun. Um, there were just two instances that, that stick out in my mind. One that was I was wearing a dashiki one day, my orange dashiki, Ooh. which po- with pockets, which is why I love it because everything should have pockets, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was in the gathering. Hoping to hit up the arc table, but it wasn't there this year, so, you know, I was saved a little bit. Um, and I felt a tap on my shoulder, and it was an older white lady, I'm, I'm gonna say very bird-like, um, wearing a dashiki of her own. And so she was like, sorry, sorry. <laughs> was her, was her, was the words out of her mouth, Hotep, my brother. No, would you like to be? Meet my children, Mustafa. I wish it had been, because then at least I could have liked her a little bit. Like, if she had gone there with it, I would have been like, you know what? Entertainment value alone, I'm going to give you something. I'm going to get you, sucker, is always a classic. Right? I tell people. But instead, she just sort of was like, I really like your dashiki. And then sort of did that pause where you wait for the return compliment. And I was like, thank you, bye. And I turned <laughs> and did something else. And then later, I, I was telling every POC that story. And then we saw her outside the POC dinner room while we were waiting for uh, her. Oh, was she hovering? Oh. No, she was just crossing back and oh, forth. Okay. But she was wearing like a faux, I'm using this word deliberately, oriental jacket. Um, oh, because God. that's what it was. Um, wow. So there was that. And then there was, um, after my last panel, which I was telling you guys about off the air, the um, realistic diaspora panel. Right. Um, I was approached by a uh, older white gentleman. Who, it was interesting. I love it when people do the whole, like, I'm going to critique you. Oh, wait, I forgot to give you a compliment first. So he did the whole, like, I was surprised you didn't. 
And then there was the pause, and he pulled it back. He was like, I really like the panel. And I was like, oh, some shit's coming. And he was like, I'm surprised you didn't talk about the European um, diaspora after World War II. And I was just sort of like, I didn't say anything because I was like, you know, I told you it was my last day of the con. I had to pack in like an hour and a half, so I was on my way upstairs. I was just like, I don't have time to engage. And he was just sort of like, man, my wife is Yugoslavian and blah, 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 blah. And I was like, uh, and tell her to get on a panel next year. All right? I was like, you know, okay, fine. But I was like, I don't really feel like, even though we were talking about diasporas that involve people of color, for the most part, because those are the major diasporas in the world, um, a lot of our shit was applicable all over. Like, we talked about technology as it relates to diaspora, getting news from the place you left, contacting other people who are, like, from that same country, but in other places. Language changes. Language changes. We talked about... Um, Cultural diversions. Exactly. Yeah. Like, some one guy was talking about how they had, like, uh, his organization, I think he worked for the government or an NGO or something, um, would talk to diasporic people to get, like, truer numbers. Uh-huh. And, like, I pointed out, I was like, yeah, but, you know, a lot of diaspora happened because we don't trust the government, so maybe you wouldn't shouldn't rely on those numbers that... Much. Yeah. So, overall, it was good. Um, I love going to WizCon. Unfortunately, I missed it last year. Yeah. Um, I did not get chased again by Mickey, which is always a plus. Um, and someone wrote me fan fiction that they promised me years ago. Oh, okay. That was Nomin slash Thor. And oh, it's a short yeah. little snippet, and they wrote it for me, and I was like, this is amazing. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, there was a lot of, it was a lot of fun. Um. And it was, like, it was great because the Not Another Fucking Race panel was all people that I know and love. Like, Mickey and Aliyah and Chesha, and we got Jackie to come up as, like, our Vanna Black. Nice. We were, like, tell people <laughs> to spin the wheel. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. WizCon was great. Can't wait to go next year. If anyone listening has not gone, I fully recommend it. Even if you're nervous because you're not feminist enough, quote-unquote, or whatever. You just get told off, and then you learn better next time. I swear there's no hot oil. Um... Unless you want it. I mean, I don't know what goes on in people's rooms. No judgment. I did notice the plastic on all the hallway floors the first time I was there. So, I mean, maybe that's what's happening. I, I mean, know. sometimes you got to protect the furniture. Right. I, no judgment. You know? You, do you. Do you. And everyone else who consents to it. Exactly. <laughs> do you. And make sure you warn people if they're in the splash zone. That's oh. that's all you can do. Um, on that note. <laughs> on that note. Fuck it up. Uh, so, the thing I was going to squee about is this game coming out for the Wii U called Splatoon, where you play squid girls with ink, with ink guns. We've talked about yes. this, I believe. Yes. I, oh this sounds really good. Yeah. Um, I guess previews have come out, which I have not yet played, but uh, people have only given positive reviews, and the thing That's I was going to squee about that I just read about, you get gear, you get fashion. And your fashion buffs your stats. <laughs> and it's not like one piece, like, it's not like, say, the goggles always do this. Mm-hmm. They're like, it's basically randomized with thing. So if you want to have a certain outfit, it's just about hunting long enough until you can find the right clothes that give you the right buffs. And they were saying, like, it seems like all the clothes are set up in such a way you can't really make yourself look ridiculous and terrible. Oh, well, that's good. (laughs) I mean, who doesn't like fashion that means you can't look ugly? What is this called again? It's called Splatoon. Splatoon? Splat. Oh. O-O-N. Like, Splatoon. I was like, 
Yes, and then the fan like art has been coming out, and the fan art is amazing because the girls are all like they're cute but not sexualized, and they're oh, just like, God. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure on the internet somewhere it's already, but the baseline, the baseline imagery is not fucked up. Well, if you're gonna go for Squid Girls, I mean, there's definitely some place on the internet, right? Probably yeah. from decades ago. Well, I mean, after people after people decide they were going to make a. Uh, Make sexualized art of the companion cube from. from ah, 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 ah. You you still have to see this. <laughs> I, I, I support. I don't know how you. You know what? I'll, I'll leave it to people's imaginations. That I support the sexualization of inanimate objects. I always have. I I support it. Um, I'd much rather read a like a, a romance that was between a woman and a table. Than like a lady and a lord because I'm like that has well, some complications. What about splinters? What about corners? Well, there are I things I want to know. I will say, given like the stories I've heard about the lack of orgasms that some dudes have been delivering, that tables seem to be maybe better in oh, a lot of cases. Well, did you did you read? Okay, segue, but not really because we're both music geeks too. Did you read that interview with Nicki Minaj and Cosmo? No, what's going on? Where she was basically like, oh, where she I said you have you have the right to have an orgasm. Yes, she was yes. like, I demand an orgasm oh. every time I have sex, and That's I was like, so yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. I, mean, yeah. I mean, shit. I look at it like like I've always looked at it and said, would I be feel better playing a video game at this point? Because honestly, if it's not feeling good enough to me, uh, why am I losing sleep? Precious calories and right? like energy, like why? Which is not to say that people can't have a filling relation, like sex without an orgasm, because they're right. But there has but to be like they, they feel happy enough with what if you're you doing. want one. You should be able to get one. It's basically yeah. the bottom line. Yes. Like you know, if that is a goal in your evening activity, right. then it should be a goal that is achieved by everyone. Right? There should not be just cooperation. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Let's, let's I, I didn't I didn't read the interview, but like the it's quotes like, are popping up yeah. everywhere. And you know, I love Nikki. I feel like I was very mixed on her, um, but I love her in interviews. I'm not always a huge fan of her music, but I actually think this album, The Pink Print, is probably like my favorite album that she's done. I found myself listening to it like all the way through without. So I've been listening. Uh, funny enough, I've been listening a lot to a mashup they did between um, uh, God, who is it? Um, Daft Punk. Daft Daft Punk. And Nicki Minaj of doing it right and bees in the trap. You told me about this, and I actually need to look it up. Yes, it, um, it, it, it makes my day. It helps me after our day of work. I feel better about life. Like, <laughs> oh, but in other music geekery, you heard Janet's coming back with a new album. Yes, I can't yes. wait. I was like, okay. Janet, I waited so long, and, and I loved. I, I have every album. I've loved everyone. I need to catch up. It's been so long. But yes, I, I she just makes classic music. And the thing is, I was really afraid after she let go of um of uh, uh Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. Lewis that that you know the quality would drop because she does write a lot on her beats. But yeah, she works them, and I was like, no, you're still doing it. Okay, good, because it's hard to reinvent yourself, right? It is, and I mean Janet, Janet is Janet. She's married to, like, what, a billionaire now? Some, yeah. like, she don't need to make music. Yeah. I mean, yeah. she didn't need to marry him to not need to make music. Yeah. So, really, I feel like at, when you reach a certain level of fame, it's like, I'm giving this to you because you're a fan. I don't really need your money. I don't really, like, need your adoration. I'm adored by millions. But if you look up on her Wikipedia page, she's got, like, over 300 goddamn music awards. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's just like... Janet don't play. Right. Yeah. And I'm like, people just keep sleeping on her. 
I'm like, you guys don't understand. Like, people don't people don't understand good Janet. It makes me sad in life. Yeah. Um, so, any other things you've been geeking out to? Uh, my brain's not operating at full. This is after a day of work, folks. So my brain is. Yes, <laughs> we're both struggling work today <laughs> because our new schedules mean that. Days, we don't have any days off in common, so we're working it out. Yes. Um, I'm reading a fabulous new book that I support. I am only 40 pages in, but I'm loving it. It's one of those books I keep having to take a little break from because it's a little grim. Um, But it's Archivist Wasp by Nicole Corner Stace. I hope I got that right. Mm-hmm. Um, post-apocalyptic hungry ghost story. <gasps> oh, the, the, right? I'm in. I'm in. Right? Oh, I'm there. So yeah. So basically, on. it's it's YA, quote-unquote, but it's only YA, I think, because the young girl's, like, probably could be 17. But it's, like, post-apocalyptic girl who has the sign of the goddess Catchkeep um, has to fight for her position every year by killing three upstarts, or the one who kills her takes her position. She's basically treated like shit. Um, by most of the village, whipped, dogs are set on her, but they can't oh. kill her because she's chosen of the goddess, and she's the only one who can, like, speak to ghosts and, like, trap them and do all this. Um, except ghosts don't talk. They're just, like, mindless things that you capture and then kill. Um, basically, it starts right after her third, um, her third year's archivist, right after her, like, killing of three. Well, there's something there that's interesting, but you'll get to it. Wow. Um, and then there's, like, um, basically she runs into a ghost that's so powerful it can talk. And she has all these notes from archivists going back, like, 400 years, and none of them have ever talked to a ghost, and they have all these notes, like, if you find a ghost that can talk, ask it these questions. And so, basically, the ghost wants something from her, and is looking for another ghost, and she's offering in exchange for information. Um, And it's grim, but not in, like, that grim, dark way where you feel like everything horrible is happening so that... You can't keep reading. So that you can't keep reading, or that, like, it doesn't feel like she's in a fucked up situation. Mm -hmm. Totally understandable. The the catch-keep priest is an asshole. Most men are. I get it. Like, I totally, I'm like, I'm there, and nothing is very, nothing feels super, like... It's dark enough that there's a reality. It's not so dark that it's just unending suffering. Yeah, and it's not there to degrade her, even when it gets dark. Mm -hmm. It is, but it's not, like, meant to degrade the character... From the author's point of view, it's meant to degrade the character in the plot, which I think are two very different things. Yeah. Like, it's the difference between having a sexual assault so you can actually do something with it, as opposed to sexual assault, because reasons. Yeah. Which... Um, or, hey, look over there, sexual assault. Oh, my God. Here's the plot. Well, oh, I can't even. I, I will yeah, look through. Yeah. yeah. So... Too uh, many books. So now I'm just reminded. So stuff I am geeking about, then. Because of sexual assault, mm-hmm. um, but on, I would on Grim Darkness is uh, uh, not Grim Darkness, but dark enough. Mm-hmm. Um, I start watching this anime called Plastic Memories. Okay. Um, so we we create androids. The androids basically look like and oper- you know they work like people, except the androids are only good for seven years. Ooh. And something happens after seven years where the uh, year seven or nine. It's like so many years. They basically lose their memory. And then, basically, they start operating on low-level programming instructions. And they're like, sometimes that means they're just harmless and wandering around. Sometimes that means they're a problem. So, this thing is that the company that makes them, this kid gets just out of high school. He gets a job there, and he's on the retrieval teams. Mm -hmm. And so, the retrieval team is basically, they know when the robot's time is going to come up. Because, you know, you signed a contract, and da 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 and they come and they talk to the owner and say, okay, here, it's time to let go of your robot, right? And so 
what's fucked up is they the teams are one human and one robot. Oh, oof. right. Already, and, and the one he's partnered with her deal is that she's all like, she's like, she's thinking about. So what happens when my time comes? Right, you know, which is a valid question, yeah. right? Yeah. And the question thing is, I have. and the thing she she basically explains to him, she's like, yeah, our job is to destroy memories. Oh. And like, like you know, it's been shit like 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 you had uh, an old couple who basically lost their kid. So they have a robot that looks like a nine-year-old kid, and you're just like, oh. So why is there an expiration date on these robots? Just because people are fucked up? Why? I don't know. <laughs> like, I'm guessing it's a tech. I'm guessing okay. it's a tech reason. Like, but still, it's just like I'm just like, oh my god. So it's dark enough. That's fucked up. But it's it hasn't been unending pain. You know, like sometimes they're just like, you know, like they basically say goodbye. They're just like, yeah, well. You know, we knew this was coming. I'm sorry, you gotta go, but... I feel like... I'm gonna wait till you get to the end of that. <laughs> that that's totally fine. Right. No, no, that's fine. <laughs> well, because, I will still say Death Parade's worth seeing. Death Parade well, does not get it. Just because, um... I feel like I've read that story a few times of, like, the robots meant to take, um... the position of loved ones. Mm-hmm. And also, I'm wary of the whole expiration date on Super Soldiers because of that damn web series... That um, what's her, Rosario Dawson was in oh, Gemini okay. Division, yeah, which I loved up to a point because it's genetically engineered soldiers. They're all going to die on a certain date. Her lover was one. Need to figure out this, save them, and then they pulled the whole. Oh, I hate when they do this, and they only. Well, I guess in many cases they only can do it when you have a female main character. Mm-hmm. But the the world is saved because she's pregnant. So, like, uh, they may have all died, but she's pregnant with one of their babies, so they're... And I'm like, really? but hundreds of people died. One baby don't make up for that. Yeah. I was always that kid in school who, like, the teacher gave you that test of would you murder one innocent baby to give happiness to everyone. I was always a kid who was like, yes! yes. Like, everyone outweighs one baby. Plus, babies drool. Like, <laughs> Uh, just have to wait. Well, it's also like, we tried that a whole bunch of times. We have flaming ziggurats to throw babies in. Right? <laughs> it didn't quite work, but I mean, people tried. But I mean, if you're guaranteed. Like, yeah, I like a good yeah. guarantee. But so, yeah, that reminds me of that. But if you're done and it ends on a good note, I will go back and watch it. Okay. Um, I should probably tell the audience, this is our free form, ep- this is our free flow episode where we just talk about yes. whatever. Because it's been a month and we're both brain dead, so whatever happens, happens. Yes. Next, next time we will get next week we will get back to our like to topics. topics and i think our next topic is women warriors badass women i don't know it, it might a lot be, of things but in my head. have you seen Matt max yet i haven't oh, oh my god oh my god i yeah i am on wiscon wore me out in terms of yeah. bank account so i'm on scrape for the next like three weeks fair enough okay. but um i do intend to go see mad max although i got a really uncomfortable um uh, recommendation the other day at work where like a couple friends came to visit me and they were going to see Mad Max and uh-huh. um, they were like oh yeah we're going blah 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 and then a random customer came up to me well you know because sometimes customers interject yeah, themselves yeah. in your conversations whatever that's fine um, and they were leaving and they were like my friend Nabil was like he was like no it's great you'll love it it's amazing as he left um, and then this guy's like, it's really good, but it can't be healthy to have, like, an erection for two hours straight. And I was just like, what? I don't know if you're telling me you're turned on by violence, by special effects. I don't know what's happening. So I just gave the ha <laughs> chuckle, 
And like, it's the haha and the reach underneath the counter for the spray <laughs> for the ice, right? I was just like, why erection? Why erection talk? Are yeah. you hitting on me? Um, I was like, I don't know what's happening, so I just kept it moving. I, I enjoyed the movie a lot. I did not find myself made erect by it, like, but I, I don't know, know. Different kinks for different people. Don't yuck someone else's yum, you but know, also... Hey, burning oil, burning sands, I suppose we can, you know... But also, your yum is not my yum, and yeah, so... Yeah. And who knows if you're yummy. Like, let's just... Boundaries, just boundaries. Yeah. Why would you... I... I stand firmly against it. Firmly against it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I can't wait for you to see it, because there's a lot to talk about. I'm excited to see it. I am way behind. I still haven't seen Jupiter Ascending. I still haven't seen Mad Max. still haven't seen A Girl Walks Alone at Night. Um, I feel I've been really into TV series more lately, Mm -hmm. I think, because I like the, like, growth of characters. (sighs) Um, And it's just also hard to go to the movies when you work, like, six days a week. You're just like, ugh. I've got... I now know what my why must it be will be. Thank you. <laughs> I just Yay! remembered. Now I know what the what will be my cause of war. <laughs> I support it. Um, Have you mentioned psychopaths? Yes. Yes. Okay. He is. I've watched parts of it. I have. But if you want to talk a bit about it, yes. feel free. This is why we have guests to also talk. No, I just I I've been recently watching it, and it's been pretty awesome. Uh, I like a lot of just trying to figure out the world building because mm-hmm. it doesn't really tell you much. You just infer certain things. And I want her compact thing that changes outfits and materializes them. I just think it's the coolest thing ever. I could do it. I didn't even have to watch the episode. I'm like, I just want the thing. Outfits are important. I, and it's so easy. She just programs it. To this day, one of the reasons I will not pan the movie um, Ultraviolet as much as it deserves it, is because at the moment where Mila Jovovich was wearing that white leather bodysuit and a drip of blood got on it and the whole suit spread and it turned blood red, I was like, you sold me. You sold me with the fashion. That's all I needed. That, that's like, that's like, is fashion and uh, Mark Damascus beaten ass is why I will never be upset with Brotherhood of the Wolf. Aww. Oh, Brotherhood of the Wolf. I, I own the special edition DVD. Ooh. I know. I love it. I just... It's a traumatizing movie, I feel like. I feel yeah. like I... I mean, I, I just... I'm so upset. I'm so upset that our main POC character dies. I mean, spoiler alert, but yes. I mean... <laughs> you you need to be forewarned, because, yeah, it just makes me so sad. Because he's the character you love. Right. And, like... He, he's uh, the reason I even went to see the movie, because when I saw the trailer... Like, yeah. let's... Oof. I mean, it's fucked that he's playing a native. Um, yes, because you know, he's not. <laughs> but he is whipping white people's asses in France, mm-hmm. so yes. I feel some small sort of joy, vicarious joy in there. What's his name again? Mark something? Mark Damascus? Yes, I like him. Mm-hmm. I feel like he has been a part of um, my sexual life for the last 20 years. Even when I didn't know his name, he would just yeah. appear in movies and you'd be like, who's that man? Didn't he I'm look him like Mortal Kombat? Yes. Yeah. I mean, and you know me. And why are we not having movies just starring him in the I, front row? I really wish he. I really wish he was just in a film. Mm. Yeah. I feel like I just want to. Well, there's so, a lot of things I want to do that we won't talk about. <laughs> so, so I watched this movie, um, this awesome Korean uh, gangster movie called The Divine Move, which is basic. It's on Netflix. 
and it's basically about gamblers, uh, thugs and gamblers playing Go. And all the illegal gambling rings around Go. And the thing that I realized that's really interesting and why I'm bringing this up is that, um, yes, there's only one one woman character of note, um, but only the men are ever made nude or sexualized, mm. which is kind of interesting, including the villain has a point when he's completely buck naked. I mean, you don't get frontal, but he's buck naked and he's oiled. So I was kind of like, <laughs> this is a very different, like, than what I'm used to seeing in Asian cinema, because usually Asian cinema, the woman sexualized. Yeah. And I was like, okay, We don't even get that in American cinema except for Fast and Furious. Yeah. Um, there's something I wanted to say, and I completely lost it about Did HK it. movies. <laughs> Gambling. That's what it was. So... Off topic, as you know, I tend to do. I start a freeform episode. Exactly. There's no, there's no topic. The topic is what you want. So there's this book being shopped around. I want to say it's by a woman named Molly Bloom. I could totally be wrong. I think that's not her last name. But anyway, she ran like an illegal celebrity uh, gambling establishment on, on the coast for like years. And so her book is coming out, and it's, like, sort of an option. I can't remember which. Like, this came out, part of it came out during the Sony hack, because people were pissed that he wanted, a director wanted to do this movie instead of another one. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. But the interesting part is, well, maybe only interesting to me, because, you know, I love the celebrity gossip, is that Topher Maguire's an asshole. Um, apparently, like, Toby Maguire. Topher. To- oh, I, I, I got him confused with Topher Grace. Toby Maguire's an asshole. Because apparently, like, one of the studios is nervous to take the thing because he's married to Toby Maguire's wife. Her father is, like, one of the heads of NBC Universal or something. Ew. And so, because apparently there's a scene where he tries to, like, he asks her to, like, bark for, like, a dog for money. Yeah. where Because he's like, oh, you're too good for this now? Like, you're too good to... Yeah. She talks about how, like, he was an asshole who tried to, like in front of other people, like, tried to shame her and do all these things. I just thought that was fascinating, because Tobey Maguire gets off on this, like, I'm just a good old boy. But, you know, whenever a white man says, I'm a good boy, you need to not trust him. He does uh, not tip well. He, oh, he see? Does not tip there well. you go. And that is even, usually the sign of an asshole. Even Chris Pratt is giving me, I'm iffy on Chris Pratt now, because that apology, that pre-apology he put out before the, the tour rubbed me the wrong way, because I was like, it seems like you're making light of all these other fucked up things that people did by doing this peer, peer apology. The best thing to do is to not fuck up. Yeah. Like, that's don't your... Fuck, just just that don't shit, fuck just up. Don't say shit in public. I you want to be an asshole in private? Be a goddamn asshole in private. And no one has to know shit. This is why actors shouldn't lose weight. He lost weight and he got too big of a head because now he thinks he's hot. And he is, but he was hotter before. That's your celebrity news for today. <laughs> like, that's what I have to say. Doesn't mean I'm not going to go see Jurassic World. I'm going to watch the shit out of that movie. But, I mean, genetically engineered di- dinosaurs? Did you see the preview? I did see the preview. When they're like, what happened to its sibling? And she's like, she ate him? I was like, sold already. Sold already. She ate him and now she's killing for sport. This is a dinosaur I can get behind. And then Chris Pratt as the leader of a pack of velociraptors going to hunt. <laughs> like, this was written by the most crack-tastic fan fiction writer ever, and that's why I will go see it. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> like, it's, cra- it's, it's crack-tastic. Yeah. I mean, and 
weren't all the Jurassic Park movies when you get right down to it? Like, at yeah, their yeah, core? Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's true. The little black girl who could, like, kick the Velociraptor through the wall? Still my favorite scene in Jurassic Park 2. But when she did that spin and knocked through the wall, I was like, I don't know if physics agrees with you. But, but we okay. don't go to action movies for real physics. We go to it for action movie physics. That's true. Yeah. I want to see um, Spy, too. Spy? It's, um, uh, it looks like it would be really bad, but I think that that's always the case when you have Melissa McCarthy in a movie, um, because they're, like, gonna mock her weight, um, unless you get a really good movie in some way, and so, like, a lot, I want to see it just because I love her, I think she's hilarious, Mm -hmm. but a lot of the jokes I feel like I see in the, um, previews Mm -hmm. are very much based around, like, what she looks like, because it's her, and who's that really gruff guy? Jason Statham. Oh. Um, like, as, like, a teamed-up thing, and he's, like, his first reaction is, like, but how is she gonna seduce blah, 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 and, like, so there's a lot of, like, and I'm just, like, um, can we just have her be a competent spy? You can't tell me that every spy we had in American history was svelte and, like, size two, because mostly they would starve when they went to foreign countries, because there's no fucking heater. Um, <laughs> it's why if Hollywood ever has a cold snap, we lose 60% of the actresses right off the top. I'm telling you that right now. It's gone. So, yeah, that's a little annoying, but I still want to see the movie, because I just, I adore most Yeah, I, I think there's nothing really coming out that I'm super hyped about, because I think the last few runs of, of previews I saw were just, like, terrible dude bro movies mm-hmm. on the previews, and I was just like, nope. Oh, you know what we should go see together if you're interested? What's that? Tangerines, which is not speculative, but I want to go see it. It uh, was the one that was filmed on an iPhone 5. Um, It's about two trans women of color, played by two trans women of color, um, who are, it's sort of like a buddy comedy, it's basically like one's just got out of, they're both sex workers, one's just got out of prison, Mm -hmm. and has found out that her boyfriend has supposedly been cheating on her while she's in prison, so it's like her going to beat the shit out of him, while her friend tries to come along and be like, no, 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 let's calm down. Yeah, this yeah, okay. And the adventures they get in on the way. And I was like, they're sold. sold. I, mean, I was just sitting there like, mm, I like tangerines. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go with the boyfriend, but I feel like this is a movie I will see more than once, so I think we should see it. Fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't know. Uh, anything? Oh, but you did go to WizCon. Is there anything coming up that you're hyped about? Or do you even remember between all the antics? No, I remember very, I, I mean, I got a whole bunch of, not a whole bunch, like, I got, like, ten books I was really excited about, mm-hmm. um, mostly anthologies that I had missed out on, like, uh, Mothership Tales of Afro- Afrofuturism, and um, uh, Kaleidoscope SF, which is all, like, YA diverse, um, and, like, a few things like that that I had missed out on, mm-hmm. um, and for the most part, they're really, really good. I mean, you know, with any anthology, there are certain stories that you're like, eh. Yeah, yeah. Like, Mothership, I actually, there there have been a couple stories where I was like, that's not my jam, but I'm actually glad I read it. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so that's a good thing. I don't usually run into that. Um, I can't think of anything that's, oh, Chris Holm has a new book co- coming out called The Killing Kind, mm. um, which is about a hitman who kills other hitmen. Um, which I'm excited about. That, that sounds more intriguing than Dexter to me. <laughs> yes. Well, there's also, oh God, I'm not going to remember the name of the author, and I feel really bad about it. There's a book coming out from Mulholland. I want to say next year. 
but it could be later this year. Okay. That's a speculative book um, about a U.S. that never completely got rid of slavery. So there wow. are four states that still have slavery, and they're wow. known as the hard four. Wow. Um, and, like, it's sort of known within this, like, I, I got to talk to the head of Mulholland, and so he gave me all this info, and I was like, oh, that actually sounds interesting. Um, basically, like, you know if you go to shop at the Gap or whatever, that that was made with slave labor. That's why wow. things are so oh cheap. That's God. made in the hard four. And um, the main character is a black man who does not live in the hard four, whose job it is is to recapture, run, recapture runaway slaves. Which, problematic, but also could be done really well and really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's one of those books that I'm like, if this is done really well, I will be there for it. Right. Mm-hmm. That's if. That's if. Yeah. Right. Yeah, you know, like, even if it's not done, if it's not done offensively, I'll be okay with it. Right, like, right, right. Because, because it's already like, just the premise is more thoughtful. Yeah. So, you know, compared to, compared to, say, Save the Pearls. Uh, <laughs> oh my God. I just... Exactly. Yes. It's much, it's much oh. more thoughtful, so I'm actually really interested to see if that, like, to see what that is, because it sounds... I really wish I remember the author, because it's an author I know and like. That's how we got on the conversation. Uh, and okay. now I can't remember. Oh, okay. Is, is it okay if we squeeze about Steven Universe? I feel like we do that every episode, so I feel like people should just be ready for it. Now. Faceless Asian has just seen, so, so it's all oh, right. I just watched it. So I've been streaming it while I've been work- dissertating. Okay. And it's been, like, every now and then they'll do something and I'll rewind and be like, what just happened? But it's great. So yes. what episode are you on? I'm on 11 now. But on I've been, on like, episode, oh, on season two? Oh, I don't know. I just, Where, just what's I just, the story? Where, what's the I last? I have no idea. I've oh. just been like, Listening, I've just been jumping around. So okay. Oh, sometimes I'll find like a link, and then I just I'll, I'll send you the site. I'll send you the site. Send her the site because you need to watch them in order because shit the goes, shit down. goes down and the slow reveal of like things that are hinted at dozens of episodes ahead of time, and you don't put it together until like episode fifty-seven, and then you're like, oh shit, is that what you were hinting at in episode eight? And I totally missed it. And yeah. you just start to put it, it's so good. Yeah. I haven't um, used any of that. It's just been some of the nonsense uh, of that yeah. with him, his dad. I think we've just met Connie. Oh, I love Connie. And that episode was mm. adorable and so cute. Connie is like the cutest thing ever. Yeah. Um, I really, like the only character I feel like on that show that I have sort of an eh about is his father. Because I'm just yeah. like, oh, Mr. Yeah. Universe. You, like, you're trying. Yeah. You're yeah. trying. Yes. But I, I'm really hoping for the moment where you show me this is not just a trope of the schlubby man who got the gorgeous girl. Yeah. Right. Like, because yeah. Rose Quartz is, not only is she gorgeous in flashbacks, but this woman is a war leader, a healer. And she's like, been around several thousand years. She's been around <laughs> several thousand years, has secret armories. Like, this woman does not play. The, the thing that always gets me, and this has always been a thing for me in a spec fic, is when you have a character who's been around for a, a few centuries, a few thousand years, mm-hmm. I expect their standards to come up on some level. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not saying, like, you can't be a sucker for a type, but I'm just saying, after some time, you get sick of people's shit, right? Like, like you at some point would just go, okay, I'm going to have a fling with you for fun, but I know you're a fuckboy. You know, you well, just I mean, would just be like, 
I know you're just not gonna you're not gonna live up to any basic standard, right? Like I think Garnet's at that point. Um, Rose is very much more like I love everything, which I don't understand, but I support. Um, like I don't understand why she would love humans as much as she does. Uh, so my fan, my fan theory about that is mm-hmm. I think she can see how you see yourself in your most positive light. That's my theory. Oh. Rose has, like, a plethora of powers. Yeah, she does. Um, it's very interesting to me that, like, the, um, the Crystal Gems seem to, like, their powers aren't completely defined in any way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. And yet it doesn't feel Mary Sue. It doesn't feel like they're adding new powers every time they get tired of something. It feels like every new power they've added has been something like, oh, I also enjoy that, like, since Steven is our point of view character, every time he's like, I didn't know that this could happen. Yeah. Like, that whole episode, yeah. I don't know, did you get to the episode with Lion yet? No, I don't think so. Okay, we'll, so we'll watch some at some yeah. point. I mean, yeah. it's fine. But I don't mind getting spoiled. But there's an episode good. with Lion and Connie where Lion keeps doing these things. Like, at one point he runs on water. Another time he opens a portal. And Steven is just like, why don't you tell me you can do these things that you do? <laughs> like, like, what? Why don't you tell me these? And it's just, but, I, I no, love this relationship also, with Lion. What's also great is the fact that, like, he's being raised by aliens who don't get human society. They just never cared, right? Yeah. Never so, like, when Connie's like, oh, I can't wait, I'm gonna have summer vacation. And, and he's like, summer vacation? What's that? And she's like, when you get out of school. What school? Well, it's, it's, it's the moment that he's like, school? Like, what is that? And you realize, like, he's learned just enough to read and just enough math to play, like, role-playing games and video games. And you're like, mm. <laughs> I mean, it's, 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 I think one of the, I got a scare recently. Because one of my, because Jackie told me it was canceled. That she heard it was canceled. I was like, what? What, what did you say? And I went online and I was like, no, it's not canceled. They're just, I think they're doing their hiatus. The hiatus that they do yeah. halfway through, which it just annoys me because I want more. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But it's wonderful. It's a wonderful show that actually centers around women. Right. Yeah. Like, the yeah. voice actors are not white. Hello. I got in discussion. We got, we talked a lot of Steven Universe at WizCon because I ran oh. into people who were like, oh yeah. And so I had a discussion with people about reading Garnet as a woman of color, but not reading Pearl and Amethyst as women of color, mm-hmm. which I feel like I've read, I've always read all three of them as women of color. Mm-hmm. The closest I feel like I've come to reading one of them as white is Pearl. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's because of her attitude specifically, like the way she... Pearl is very, um, what's that, what's Homegirl on TV who was convicted, who, who always has the home making Oh. Yes, she was convicted. I was like, yes, I don't yes. know what we talking about. Yes, I remember that, but I just I straight up went to like I was like, who are you talking about, Tiny? Like, who are these, who are these people? Okay, go ahead. I just wanted to always think of her as homemaking and convicted, right? Like, but yeah, she has a very sort of Martha Stewart like kind of thing, and that's what I always like. I always read her as white. But Amethyst? No. Like, I never read Amethyst in white. Um, we actually had a discussion at the at the con about reading her as Filipino. Mm. Um, her voice actress is Filipino. Oh, okay. I didn't know. Like, I've seen her voice actress on a short clip, mm-hmm. and I could see she was Asian by NC. Like, I'm fair. Like, someone was like, no, she's Filipino. And, like, they were like, even before I knew that, mm-hmm. I sort of read Amethyst as Filipino because of inflections and things like that, which I mm-hmm. thought was really interesting. I didn't specifically 
read her be- as a person of color because of that. But I also think that the three of them are positioned in a very, like, people of color way. Like, they're outside of this society for all intents and purposes. Mm-hmm. They don't understand, these people don't understand them. They live, mm-hmm. they live on the beach in their own little ghetto mm-hmm. that's, like, away from everyone else. Um, I love it. I just want that show to be on all the time. Yes. Amethyst is my super crush. I'm not going to I just, you know, Amethyst has one of my favorite ever scenes, which is the very early episode of Monster Buddies, where Steven tries to tame the little centipedal. Oh, yeah. And he brings it in, and it's spraying acid on everything, and Amethyst is just laughing, and then the acid hits her sandwich, <laughs> and she's like, no, me torta! Like, <laughs> falls to the ground, and it's like, no, and I'm like, I feel you, girl, like, I feel you. Like, I was trying to explain to people um, at WizCon that I really want to read Tyra Banks' book, Model Land, which is a spec fic about, like, a glamorous school that invites people to become models, and they become glamorellas or something. There's some <laughs> word. In- intoxabellas. The people yeah. who graduate get intoxabellas, but the wow. people who don't, like, disappear. It's supposed to be a trilogy. There's only ever going to be one book, let's be real. Right. Um, <laughs> but the reason I wanted to read it is it starts with the main character, whose name is Tuki Delacram. Which, number one, Tuki yeah. Delacram. Yeah. But it starts with her laying on the hallway of her school, spraying whipped cream in her mouth. Because she's just done. And I was like, you know, yeah. I feel you, Tuki. Like, yeah. I feel like there are many days of high school where I would have just liked oh. to lay in the hallway okay. and eat whipped cream. I, I gotta say, um... I'm not spoiling you anything, really, for Mad Max. I don't mind but, spoilers. But the evil anyway. cult, basically, they spray, they, they use spray paint on their faces. <laughs> I have seen a lot of silver spray paint, like, but, but I was, I was laughing because the day after I had seen it, one of my friends on Facebook was all like, I'm just going to lay, I'm going to sit here and spray this, like, whipped cream in my mouth and be shiny and grow. <laughs> and, like, I have. Uh, I eat, I die, I eat again. Right? <laughs> like, yes. Sometimes you make choices. And I understand that my love of that character is tied into my ED history and all that, so it's not a good thing. Mm. But yet, the laying on the floor, <laughs> I was just like, how can I not like a character that starts her day with eating whipped cream on the floor? Of a public space. Right. Like, you have that little, she sort of reminds you, me of all, Rihanna. All the you fucks have, have run out. All the fucks are gone. You don't give a shit anymore. It's the reason I will, Rihanna has always been my favorite, because I want to be her. (laughs) I said this at at WizCon, they asked us, like, who would our, like, sidekick be if we were, like, superheroes It could be anywhere. I was like, I would be Rihanna's sidekick. Yes! So I was like, let's flip that around, because I feel like all you do as Rihanna's sidekick is test her weed, Mm -hmm. type her Instagram for her, and be hella shady online to people. And I was like, (laughs) I can do that. Like, I can do that in my sleep. And bask in her no fucks to give. Right? Bask in her no fucks to give. Yeah. Like, I would I would just, like, sit next to her when she's talking to someone. Like, that's all the shade with her eyes alone. Yes. Like, just those... Good. I, I think... I don't know if I've said it on this um, podcast before, but if you are not following the account Rihanna Replies, which is fans <laughs> who just... Put images of her replies up there, because Rihanna will take you down to dog shit in a second and flounce on and not give a shit. She's problematic, but I can't stop loving her. I I, I get it. I totally get it. Just like, and you come out a better person, right? You come out a better person. She's training her 
voice now, so, like, it doesn't hurt to hear her sing on the Grammys. <laughs> like, I support that. Like, she's supposedly training with Whitney Houston's voice coach. Ooh, right? Which okay. I was like, you know, it took you seven albums, but you got there, so I support right. it. Yeah. Like, uh, watch the Rihanna's Navy's gonna come after me online for saying she couldn't <laughs> sing seven albums. But that's just facts. Well, she got money. She don't care. She, I mean, she, she got so much money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In fact, sometimes, that's why I think she gets into her um, issues online. For shits and giggles. Because I'm like, you have so much money, you really cannot give a shit about any of this. Right, like, when she came through, when she came through in that dress of just crystals, and people were talking shit, and she's like, you know, they're like, are you breasts? She's like, they are covered in crystals. Like, (laughs) they are covered in, was it Swartzky? Yes, Swartzky. And I'm just like, right. And can we talk about how no white woman who comes to an award show with that revealing, and they have for years, Has gets that guy to talk. Yep. They never get the, oh, are you sure you should dress like that? Da, 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 da. They're always like, oh, it's amazing. Look at you. And you're like, really, though? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I mean, basically, like, no one wanted to see Mumra in, in a revealing dress, and but here you came, right? And no, one's saying, oh, okay. and no one's saying shit about you, but here comes someone, people are like, oh, shit. And now you gotta talk all this shit. Well, it's like, the way that they'll mock, um, I, I've never sat well with the way they mocked Bjork for her swan dress. Mm, um, bring yeah. that shit up. Because I was like, that shit was innovative, and it, it, if a white person had come, if Lady Gaga yeah. had showed, she she rolled down the red carpet in an egg. This 25-year-old white girl rolled, I would've kicked her. <laughs> Get your ass up, you on a red carpet. But yet, all of a sudden, any kind of black girl or woman of color or, like, you know who gets it the worst is, what's her name? Um, Bailing. Uh, she yeah. gets fucking savaged. And I'm just like, yeah, you don't have the best fashion taste, but it's not a horrible outfit. Sorry, we've moved on to celebrity gossip no, again. No, that's, you know, that's where I live. Yeah. <laughs> well, shall we go into Why Must It Be? Well, we can totally go into Why Must It Be. Uh, so, refresh you- my mind. Did I, did I get into Daredevil last time? You have, I think. Yeah, I, I think have. you okay, got into okay. it. Good, then. But never mind, because I was just like, I was re-anchored about Daredevil. Do you <laughs> have a Why Must It Be? I think Guess I'll probably up. feed off of the one, the two that you mentioned. Okay. So I'll try then when so, you're taking a air break. I have two. Twice as powerful, twice as deadly. Let's start with number one, which is maybe a smaller one. Taylor goddamn Swift. Now, listen here, Taylor Swift. I'm not an anti-Taylor Swift person. There have been, I'm not a huge fan, but there are songs I like. I'll dance along. I'll sing along. She doesn't understand race. She's a famous white girl in America today. I don't expect her to. I mean, I expect her to, but I don't have the expectation that she will. Right. Um, so here's my issue. <laughs> and it's a small one, but I'm going to say it. That goddamn music video, Bad Blood. Oh, is this like the action movie one? Yeah, let's talk about this. Let's talk about this. Because, number one, pre pre to this, your ass released all these posters that were like movie posters with like famous people. Mariska Hargitay, like Selena Gomez. Like, granted, most of them were like her little team who are still famous, but also you got like actresses in this shit. Okay. Okay. Number one. Number two, it's premiering on one of the big four. Okay. They don't do that shit anymore. When was the last time you heard ABC, NBC, or any one of them premiering a music video? 
Think of Michael Jackson. Yeah, that's the last. That's the last time, right? Last time you remember shit happening like that was Michael Jackson. Even when they used to do premieres, the last premiere I can remember was like Madonna, "What It Feels Like for a Girl," but that was only on the music channels. Like MTV VH1 was like, "We're going to premiere it at the same time." So I sit down for this video, expecting some good shit. You gave me movie posters. You gave me a, a a premiere on a network. I expect a short film. I got nothing. I got useless cameos. Why are you going to bring Mar Mariska Hargitay in for a few seconds? Why would you bring all these girls in? Like Carly Kloss is in it. Like all these famous girls. And they're in it for seconds. There's like a pseudo girl fight. That ain't, I, listen, I've seen some girl fights. Number, the top two, if you want to see really good girl fights, are number one, Michelle Rodriguez in Girl Fight, yeah. that beginning scene where she comes out the bathroom and yanks that girl down. Yeah. And Alias, the end of season two, where um, Jennifer Garner and, um, uh, I'm going to forget her name, she plays her best friend, they go at it for like a full five minutes. Like, I'm talking slamming each other into mirrors, oh, like nice. fucking each other up. And I appreciate that. If you're going to show me a fight, show me a fight. Mm -hmm. Don't, oh, the other one is um, Haywire, Steven Soderbergh, which oh. is a vastly underrated action movie. I need to see that. Everyone has only said good shit about that. It's so good. At the point where her, I want to say it's Channing Tatum, but I off, often get him confused with that other white boy. Okay, so there's a white boy. There's a but, white boy. I mean, like, there's they're, always a white yeah, boy. They're but. meeting at, like, a diner her in, in Haywire. And they get into a fight, and it is the, like, I will beat the shit out of you and take you down fight. It's not like, okay. oh, I'm fighting a girl, I'm not going to do this. And she's like, no, oh, I don't want to hurt him, he's part of my team. She's like, no, I will slam his face with this coffee pot, like, I will fuck him up. And I'm like, okay, good, give me a fight. So, to get back to Taylor Swift, that's what I was expecting. I was expecting grandeur, I was expecting a film. See, see, here's, here's my theory on this, though. So, on a different white girl who's fucking, fucking up, have you... So you've heard that Iggy Azalea is got a whole new face. Is canceling tours. Yes, yes. Can't, no one wants to pay to see her not sit rap or whatever she does. Like, like, but, but. So I feel like what happened is the bar just got lowered and lowered to where they're like, "Wow, you're doing a whole music video with like that's gonna last like two minutes and forty seconds." Well, it's like this is a premiere. Like, it's like four minutes. But, but, but still, it's not. Can we just call her Crayshawn now? Can we just call her Crayshawn? Because that's who yeah. she is. And, and you saw how they actually traced her. Like, actually, this is Kendrick Lamar lyrics being fucked up by her. She can't. People, I, I want to say stop asking her to free spit. Or freestyle. Freestyle, sorry. Um, because it's obviously cruel and unusual punishment. <laughs> but also, I'm so entertained. That I don't want it to stop. Oh, um, but to back to Taylor Swift. I was so angry. Because this is a major fucking network. You know the last major network premiere I remember? Black and White. Which yeah. was Michael Jackson. Which not only did he give you minutes before that movie with some shit to lead into it. But in the end, he was like transforming into a... After the music stopped. He turned into a panther. And that busted was, some windows. And that was like top-end quality effects at that point. That yeah. was like Terminator 2 shit. Right? When everyone was like, oh my god, my mind is blown, right? You look at what you did. So if you, Taylor Swift, <laughs> if you are gonna do a music video premiere on a big four network, that shit needs to be long form. It needs to be like 10 minutes. 
it needs to be the kind of music video like Thriller. Like, even when they show you the shortened ver, like, when they show you the seven-minute version, you're still like, oh, wait, this is not the whole thing. Like, right. that's what I want. If you're going to take all this money for promotional materials, and especially because it's supposed to be a Katy Perry diss song, don't go soft on a diss song. You go hard. I, you, you let them know that you hate her. Um, so yes, that is my mini rant. I was so angry because I feel like I wasted my time and my expectations and I was expecting a short film and I felt like it was going to redeem Taylor in my eyes and I was going to be like, look at you as an artist making a film and nothing. It was just bland, 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 blonde girl shit. Uh, mediocrity rewarded. Mediocrity rewarded. Which is... Sort of a, a segue into my second why must it be? Because mediocrity rewarded. Let's talk Emma Stone, let's have a discussion. Emma Stone, I want to like you. Because and for only for that epic, epic lip sync that you did on Jimmy Fallon, where you busted out Ludacris and DJ Khaled, and it was amazing. And so that alone makes me want to support you. But you already had one strike with the help. We already, I went and saw it. You already had one strike with that. And then Aloha. <laughs> now, for those of you who don't know, Aloha is Cameron Crowe's new movie. Remember Cameron Crowe? Crowe, is it 2001 again? Is it almost famous? I don't even know. I didn't was know it he Russell was. Russell Crowe, which Crowe? No, Cam- Cameron Crowe. Yeah. yeah. His, the last movie I remember hearing that he did was almost famous. So I'm like, is it 2001 again? But. This Aloha film, which everyone... See, I didn't get the pre, the premise of... the Not the premise. The precursor to all this. Because apparently when the posters came out, people were like, um, hello, Hawaii. It's full of white people. And it's like... <laughs> this the same world that Friends has New York oh. full of white people. Or but like, see, here's the thing with Friends and with um, Grace and Frankie, which is one of my new favorite shows, but doesn't have a lot of diversity, even though it's in San Diego. Is that with those films... I'm just like, oh, you some rich white people who self-selected to live in an all-white neighborhood. I'm just going to assume that you're racist. And that's, you can't, you don't have that in Hawaii. Where is the all-white neighborhood? Hawaii is only 30% white people. Right. 30%. So, and then, it would have been one thing, it would have been one thing to have this movie filled with white people. That were white. one token Asian. And one, no, he's not, we don't count him. Because he's, like, way down on the IMDb. They use his real name, and he's actually, like, a Hawaiian sovereignty activist. So that just feels like them trying to get some cred for putting him in there. Oh, oh, I wasn't saying that'd be a good thing. I'm saying that that would be the only thing they would do. Like, like we will put in one token, and And, that's it. And they did it, and they did it badly. Because I was like, how are you going to talk about Hawaiian, have a Hawaiian sovereignty activist in this bullshit of a white Hawaiian film? The fact that they had the nerve to cast Emma Stone as a hapa. Emma Stone is supposed to be a quarter Chinese, a quarter Hawaiian, I think it's a quarter Swedish, and a quarter that they never explain. <laughs> they can't do math. They can't do math. <laughs> That's fine. We're not I'm not asking you to give me to do my trick homework. But what in the ever loving fuck? Thought you would make it okay. It would be different if you would actually cast someone who was Hoppa who looked white. Like, I would have even been okay with that because at least they were Hoppa. My little brother 
has blonde hair, curly blonde hair and blue eyes. If he was cast as, like, a mixed-race black person, I'd be like, valid, he is a mixed-race black person. Right. Emma Stone is not. She white. She is so white that she's almost clear. Like, I, during the preview for Aloha, I saw through her, and I saw Bradley Cooper behind her. (laughs) And I said no. I don't know why they thought it would be okay. I don't know why they gave her that last name. Like, yeah. I know. What? I yeah. know. That started with so infuriating. I was like, "Why? Why did you do this? Why did? Oh, Emma. I, I feel like I feel like everyone they just got emboldened after that cloud atlas shit, right? Well, like we don't even need CG. We'll just say it. We'll just say it, and we'll make it okay. And I'm like, number one, that movie should have been not called Aloha. It should have been called Howley. Let's just be real. I've seen people putting up like putting up uh, photoshops of that, <laughs> and I just, I just want an apology from everyone involved in that film because it's not enough that you made her part Hawaiian. She is straight up knowledgeable about the Hawaiian culture. Did you see that clip where Bradley Cooper tries to explain something to her about Hawaiian culture? She's like, "I know what it means," and I was just like, no. two white people are trying to explain." Hawaiian culture to me, and I, I won't sit through it. At least Eric Estrada looked brown in Hawaii Five O. At least he looked brown. I, least, I, I'm oh. telling y'all, it's it's not going to be long before we have the biopic of Marcus Garvey starring Marky Mark. You are well wrong. Made. It's not only Mark Mark; it's Justin Timberlake. You know he's blacker than Marky Mark. <laughs> Everybody knows this. Also, just a point. Go for it. Actors that maybe involved in this casting and read the script because you can't help sometimes what you get sent so right right you can always say no you can always say no sometimes and even if you sign the contract because lord knows we hear about actors signing the contract to do like an undecided director's film because they like that director i understand that but even then take the penalty because guess what the penalty won't be it won't be in cachet because if you come out and you're like, I'm being sued for this because I refuse to play a person of color, you know who's going to be on your side? People of color. All the people. You know who's not on your side anymore when you play people of color? People of color. Angelina Jolie. I was a fan of Angelina for a long ass time. Uh-huh. And then they had the heart trouble one where she played that Cuban woman. Uh-huh. I don't care if the Cuban woman said it was okay. It's not okay. Uh-huh. I don't care what she says. It's not okay. So this segues into a geek thing. Okay. Okay. Same thing. Whitewashing. This is just a rumor. But the rumor is that Tilda Swinton... Uh, uh, I was thinking about this. ...is going to be cast as the Immortal One. Isn't that who ancient. he is? Ancient, ancient One. Is it Ancient One? Yeah. They have, like, t- too many, like, titles. Um, who is a Tibetan sorcerer in the new Doctor Strange? Now, here's the thing. Doctor Strange is technically white, I suppose. I don't know if that's ever conclusively proven. But a lot of us have read him as a person of color for years. I did. I did. I thought smart casting would have been Oded Fair. And I will say that until the day I die. Y'all missed a chance. A huge chance. I don't even want to know who they cast as Wong. I'm already scared. Um, But Tilda Swinton as... Tilda Swinton's not Tibetan. Wait, wait. Maybe she's Tibetan from the same place that the Airbender movie people are. No, 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 no,
we'll get to M. Night Shyamalan in a minute. Did you hear what the fuck he had the nerve to say about the airbender? He had some more shit to say? He had the shit to say where he said it was the fault of, um, it was the audience's fault that airbender failed. <gasps> because it was meant for young, ch- it was this whole thing about the demographic being young children, and young children didn't come. And I was like, so we not just, we're just not going to acknowledge that you start because of you, a whole website called Whitewashing was started. We're not going to acknowledge that. Race bending, right? Race bending. Yeah. Thank you. I'm messing up all my words today. It's okay. But, but I remember, because the thing was, when he first talked about doing this, he said, oh, my daughter loves this cartoon series because the character looks like her. And I was like... <laughs> what I take from that is that you don't love your daughter. Yeah. <laughs> like, but that's I all I can say. take. So, and I almost feel like, I feel like Marvel... Maybe I'm giving them too much credit. Sometimes I try and give too much credit. I feel like Marvel saw the backlash from casting Benedict Cumberbatch as Doctor Strange. I'll give it to you, he is strange. But, and so, I almost felt like they were like, well, we have this villain who's supposed to be Tibetan. What's the worst thing we could do after whitewashing the hero? To make the character actually Asian. And, like, do... I almost feel like someone had that discussion where they're like, so we have to whitewash the ancient one, too, right? Because we can't just have an Asian villain. And, and I'm like, so I... That's the benefit of the doubt story I'm trying to give them. Is that they stumbled into whitewashing because they were trying not to have the only person of color in the movie be a villain. But you know how you could have corrected all of that? Recasting. Benedict Cumberbatch. I don't understand how I don't understand how he got cast as. He's another one that's on my shit list for always taking these roles. First, Star Trek, now this. No, you are not brown, Benedict Cumberbatch. And you just gave a speech about brown people in media. Yeah. A pretty damn good one. And when you fucked up, you gave a pretty damn good apology. I was ready to put you on my list of maybe not problematic white people. And you know what? Maybe I shouldn't be as angry, because it's possible that Stephen Strange is canonically white. But, but I don't believe it. No. I don't but, believe I, you it. Know, I mean, here's my thing. is I feel like Marvel has... Like, Captain America 2 had me pretty hopeful about Marvel. Because mm-hmm. I was like, wow, that was actually pretty good. And if you guys consistently deliver me this, I will be down. And I was hyped going into Daredevil, right? And I was like... But, you know, after Daredevil, I'm sort of like, look, I'm not sure. I, unless I hear good things about, like, uh, Iron, Iron Fist or Power Man or any of the shit they're doing after, unless I'm not even going to look, because I'm already expecting it to be terrible now. Well, I'm already not going to see Avengers until it's out on video or I can bootleg it. Like, Yeah, I have no interest in that. I have no interest in it because you just fucked up on numerous levels. This, this is the thing about Avengers. I understand that it's an alternate universe. But Joss Whedon, you're supposed to have comic knowledge. And introducing Clint's family would have actually been an awesome way to introduce another woman to the team. Because you know who Clint married? Fucking Mockingbird, who was also a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent and could whoop your ass. And, like, you could have had her. You could have given me another woman. You, the, the founding members... Of the Avengers, include the Wasp. And I just... Mm. See, see, for me, it was when I heard the whole thing. Like, again, alternate universe, sure. So all I'm asking is consistency within your cinematic universe. Yeah. 
So, what I saw of Black Widow in Captain America 2 was very awesome, right? Like, she's like, look, I do what I have to do, and she even tries to help out Steve, like, you need to connect with people, or you will lose it, right? So I'm like, okay, this is how she rolls. And now people are all like, I can't have a baby, I'm a monster! And I'm like, really? You gotta tell me, this hard-ass woman who's been through all this shit, that's how she judges her humanity? Fuck you to the earth, down to hell, and let the devil stomp on your fucking balls. Fuck that shit. I'm glad you went for the stomping on genitals. Um, I support it. Hey, if you're gonna give me sexualized bullshit, you can have it in return. I really do not understand, um, and this is a issue I had with a book years ago. Aside, ooh, aside from the Orientalism in the book, I think it was called Blood Magic. I want to say it was by Matthew something. It came out from, like, Juno. Child, when I tell you that, number one, the princess from the East, who could control lightning and had her protector, I was like, oh, we're going here? Because there's no talk of nations to the East before this. But all right, princess. I almost wanted to give him passes. I was like, ooh, lesbians. Like, princess and the main character going to fall in love. Okay. But then the main character finds out she's pregnant. And she's a dark motherfucker, which is why I liked her. But finding out she's pregnant, not getting pregnant, mind you, which is still problematic, but finding out that she's been pregnant this whole time turns her morals 180 degrees. What? Like, she stops doing all the stuff that was saving them that other people were looking at as wicked. Basically, she was birthing these abnormal things out of people's dead bodies and sending them off, and she treated them as her babies. And I was like, I like this girl. Um, And then, like... I think I may have mentioned this on the podcast before, but I'm going to say it again. I stopped after the first book because I felt like she was punished for it in a way that I find hilarious and maybe problematic. I I vaguely recall you Because she gives birth and sucks because she's a necromancer. Before they can cut the cord, she sucks all the life out of her baby. (laughs) (laughs) So I think... You know, you know it's terrible. You know it's terrible. All I hear with that is come back to mom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so morbid and creepy. Right? But it's so great. I'm oh, just like, man. well, look at you. Judge the babies you made out of dead bodies and now you lost yours. Like, hey, I'm sorry for you. Um, but it's that whole, like, birth solves everything or... or change, defines you. That's, defines you. That's exactly. It's like, I'm like, wait a minute. She's done all this shit. She's literally saved the world from giant flying genocide machines. This is how she's going to define herself? Fuck you. Well, and here's the thing. It wouldn't be as bad if that wasn't the storyline we always got for women around childbirth. Mm -hmm. And if you occasionally had a male character who felt that way about having a kid. Yeah, or not being able to have a kid. Or not being able to have a kid. Like, I'm like, show me the father who's so traumatized because he is um, barren, or because he was forced forced to have a vasectomy. It's just assumed that either men don't want kids, or if they get, like, if something like that happens, and they're like, oh, well, you know, another baby will be just as fine. But because the baby comes from the woman's body, that, like, it has to have this, like, intense connection to herself. And, like, I know plenty of mothers who do not give a shit. Yeah. I know plenty of mothers who like are waiting for that child to get 18 so they can be like, I want him out of my house. Mm-hmm. It doesn't automatically make you this like Earth Mother. And Earth Mother will fuck you up anyway. Nature goddesses will kill you as soon as look at you. So yeah. it makes no sense to me. But that's a continuum 
of like being socialized as a girl mm-hmm. is that your worth is surrounded by marriage and presumably pregnancy. Yeah. And that if you're a terrible mother, you're punished in, in movies and whatnot. If you are not interested in children, you're punished because you are you're probably going to get killed because you're clearly the enemy. And then if you don't want children but then you get pregnant, that's supposed to be this life-transforming event that makes you... I don't know. I, I don't know. It always, it always comes back to how are you in service to men. Right. 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 And so yeah. if you're in service to men, then you should feel blessed and, and joyful. Right. right. And it's like, I, it's the same thing with like, um, this is something I went off on Twitter recently uh, about romantic comedies. Because anyone who knows me knows I have a weakness for rom-coms. <laughs> I love me some Coyote Ugly. I love me so, like, I love Two Weeks Notice. I will watch some rom-coms till the cows come home. But I especially like the rom-coms that are not, like, formulaic. Mm-hmm. Because I realized that the formula, a lot of the formulaic rom-coms are basically where men's rights activists got their ideas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It's all, she always ends up with the friend who she's been ignoring. Mm-hmm. And turns out to be her true match. And I was like, this is why, as problematic as the films are for various reasons, I do love some John Hughes movies. Because, at least with Sixteen Candles and um, Pretty in Pink... She got the hunk she was after. She did not settle for the best friend who was geeky and in love with her. She was like, no, no, no. I want that hot man, and I'm going to have the hot man. Right. And I'm like, you go ahead. Right. We should watch some Stephen Chow rom-coms at some point. I'm dead. Stephen Chow is hot. Yeah, I think that will be interesting. But yeah, no. That, that it was my mini varied why must it be. That's okay. You why must it be for the both of us? Yes. So, like, this was our brain dump episode. <laughs> awesome. All right. All right. So, we want to thank our guests for being here. Faceless <laughs> And hopefully she'll come back and join us when we have like a topic to actually talk about. I'll be, I can be back for uh, Mad Max. That'll be fun to just. Yeah. Sweet. We can do a Mad Max episode. I'll need to see it. Um, I do. I do have a new appreciation for Tom Hardy. Um, after that interview question where they were like. Mad Max is supposed to be for men, and da da da. And he just had that look on his face, like, "Are you really asking me this question?" And like, he sort of looks over at Charlize Theron, and she just has to look on her face, like, "This is what I deal with every fucking day." And I was like, "I, oh, you just ticked up a couple times, a couple notches in my respect belt, Tom Hardy." Well, you know, if you do feel like it, he does have. Um, you can find his old Facebook photos when he took sexy self pics. I mean, you know. I'm not opposed to that. Yeah. I'm not opposed to that at all. He's been pretty consistent um, in terms of women's representation and what he says in the media and interviews. I feel like I I had a little bit of a mm with him when he talked about having had sex with men and then took it back. That was a problem. And I was just sort of like, Mm -hmm. be real with your shit, Tom. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But that's... That's all. Anyway. <laughs> I was going to say something else about someone coming out and it not we'll, being a surprise, we'll but no. Yeah. I'm not going to say that on the air. All right. Well, we will catch you all next week. Uh, what is our Gmail again? Is it Peril dot? Yes. Yes. Peril dot magical negro at Gmail. Yes. All right. Send us your questions, comments, but no bullshit. Yeah. Bye. <laughs>